yeah, it's another edition of the Two Drink Tim Podcast with your host, the marginally talented, the beautification of America, the patriarch of the Queen of England. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together, show some love, make some noise for Mr. Tim Gasselman. That's probably the worst intro I could ever think of, but you know what? Fuck it. It's staying. So, Wow. I am fired up today. I'm ready to get started. And where should I start? Oh, there's so many places. Let's start with a humongous, tremendous, amazing, stupendous fuck-up that I had this past week that involves you. Yes, you, dear listeners. You guys might uh, have heard the last podcast uh, where I talk about uh, Hello Dumpster Fire. And I go on and I talk about some of my staffing issues. And I basically tell everybody live, quote-unquote, on the air, right? Hey, like, I'm about to fire a bunch of people and make some dramatic changes. Well, here's a little pro tip from Timmy C to you. Next time you want to let a large majority of your staff go and you plan on announcing it to the world, you might just might want to talk to those people beforehand. That's right. Your boy Timmy C screwed up royally in a couple ways. And, you know, the guru in me would be like, well, you know, we're just going to learn from this and move on. But the the realist is like, hey, let me tell you where I screwed up and let's talk about how I kind of fixed it. First and foremost, okay, um, I had announced to my staff that I was going to be making some changes. I just don't think they expected them that dramatically. And that uh, came about quicker than I expected um, or that they expected for sure. So I'm comfortable with the changes I made. Uh, basically, I reduced my staff down to one part-time person uh, as of right now. But I will be uh, hiring someone full-time here in the future just because the business can't run on somebody part-time and me. Because, um, you know, two part-times don't make a full um, so that's the direction that I've decided that we're going to go in, and that's the direction that we are going to go in. Um, so I'm really excited about that and getting that groundwork laid out. I'm not hiring anybody probably this whole month because I'm just sick of being, you know, the HR manager. Be like, here's your coffee cup and your pencil and your two 15-minute breaks and your hour for lunch and enjoy your tea sandwich. Like, I don't want to be that guy. I'm never going to be that guy. Um, so I'm just going to take a little break on hiring and get someone in place probably into this month uh, to go full-time with us and you know, do big boy things and all that good stuff. Um, Where I screwed up was I thought that I was doing a solid by referencing different examples of different assistants at different times in my life, you know, from Filipinos, from my first full-time quote-unquote assistant to my second assistant, the third and fourth, blah, blah, blah. What I didn't realize was that everybody that listened to that podcast that at one time or another had worked for me thought the podcast was about them. So I got what I would like to refer to as a ton of shit. Uh, from people um, that had previously worked for me, like, hey, man, thanks for putting me on blast on the podcast. So to those folks, I would like to say, it's not about you. It's about me. Okay? Uh, And what I mean is, that was not one specific person. There were little bits and pieces. And if you self-identified, that's because you self-identified. It certainly wasn't because I was putting it out there. I will say, in full disclosure, that I have done a terrible job managing people because... That's not me, okay? Some some people, that's them. They want to have a staff and staff meetings and corporate retreats and, you know, kumbaya sessions and let's all buy each other cool gifts and all that stuff and have a secret Santa, right? And, ooh, can we get a Keurig for the break machine? Like, they want to do that shit, not me. I don't want to do that stuff. That's oppressive, right? I want to be hippie creative, Tim Castleman. I don't want to be freaking, you know, did you put the cover on the TPS reports, Peter? Because, you see, we're putting cover sheets on I don't want to be that guy. 
I don't want that in my business. I don't want a freaking huge business. So what did I do, right? Because you're like, got it, Tim. You're ranting. Calm down. Take a breath, right? What are you doing? So what I did was I wrote uh, what I call my Declaration of Independence. I'm still working on it, but basically it's how I want to form and structure my company. And what I've decided is that I want one or two key and critical employees, and then I want the rest outsourced. One, it will keep my overhead low, and two, all right, it'll keep me from having to be Mr. Manager. And one of those two people I hire will probably be my Mr. Manager, to where I'll sit down with them once a week, and we'll yell at each other back and forth and chest bump and fist bump and all that good shit, and then they can go handle and do the management side. Because I don't want to do that stuff. It doesn't excite me. It drains me. And the other thing is, you know, I, I talk about hippie creative, but it's like I have to be in the mood to create. Like right now, I'm being creative by creating this podcast, okay? But I can't do that if I'm like, well, Gio has 35 hours and Tom has – like I just can't do that stuff. My brain does not work like that. Other people can. Good for them. Not uh, not bad for me. It's just how I am. And I have to set my business up in a way that makes sense for me and not other people. All right. And that's another tip. All right. A lot of this year has been spent for me chasing other people's business models or structures. Right. So like, you know, someone will share something really cool with me and I'm like, oh, let me go try that. And I try it and and I realize like it's not for me. Right. It's just not for me. Like I see the results they get. It's great that they get those results. I have zero interest in getting said results. Or I have every interest in getting the results. I just don't want to go that way. So I either have to A, make another plan to achieve the same result, or B, accept like, hey, you know what? Maybe I'm not going to make five kajillion dollars this year. What if I only, only did half a million? Would you be okay with half a million? Well, you know, somehow, some way, I would just have to accept a business, run out of Lubbock, Texas to make a half a million dollars, right? So understand... My whole point in sharing all this drama with you is you need to understand that your business needs to be around you, your needs, your desires, your lifestyle, not the other way around. See, I've done it the other way around. That's called a fucking job. That's when you get up and you put your khakis on, your polo shirt, and you tuck it in, right? And you make the hour-long commute, and you listen to your little talk radio, and you listen to Miley Cyrus's latest, you know, twerk, twerk, ho, twerk, you know, album. I don't know if that's probably an album she's coming out with help I didn't ruin that right sorry Miley if I did have your people contact my people never okay right and that's when you you know you work through lunch and you you know you sit up on Sunday night watching whatever show that you watch Boardwalk Empire's mine right now and you just dread the next day and you're like fuck Monday's coming fuck tomorrow I gotta get up and suck corporate cock for all another week like I don't want to do that I had to do that for 12 years that was probably 11 and a half years too many instead what I do now is I set up a business around me Okay, so today I got up at the crack of 1030 because that's what I fucking wanted to do because I went to bed at three o'clock last night or a.m. because that's what I fucking wanted to do. Now, I can't be, you know, 18 year old college dropout, Tim. Okay, eventually I'm going to need to hire people that are responsible. And that's what money gives you. Money gives you the ability to hire people that are responsible. So basically what I'm saying is I'm going to hire an adult for my business to make sure that the the wheels don't fall off this mofo while I'm out doing what I want to do, how I want to do it. And that to me is the ultimate freedom. Like at a certain point, I'm just saying me personally, maybe not for you, like what's the point of an extra $500,000 a year? Well, I could buy off a house, I could do this, I could, you know, take more vacations, we could have a second home, right? I could have a, 
a girlfriend and a wife. I could have six wives, you know, whatever. Like for me, the ultimate freedom and the way that I win is getting to do what I want when I want. And you can determine what that is for you, right? And what level that is for you. So let's talk about this Declaration of Independence a little bit because I kind of glossed over it, but I think it's a big deal um, for you to write in your business and write in mine. I did not do this when I got started, right? Like everyone was like, you should do this. And I'm like, yeah, you're full of shit. Now I'm like, hey, you know what? Maybe you should be smart. And I actually wrote down things like, you know, how much money I wanted to earn, what the business looked like, what kind of were some of my guiding philosophies and principles, okay? And the biggest thing, and this is the section I'm working on now, is why. Now, I know you've all heard from the woo-woo gurus, well, your why determines your what. And I used to be like, bullshit. But you know what? It turns out maybe, just maybe, those mofos were onto something. Let me give you an example. A guy I play poker with on Thursday, right? Um, he buys rental homes. He buys rental homes, and his whole goal is, you know, he's got like 27. And by the time he's ready to retire, I don't know, have 50 of them, and they'll pay for his exotic lifestyle and whatever. Well, that's a reason why he does it. So, you know, just a second ago when I was like, hey, what's the point of earning an extra 500000 If you want to earn that 500000 I truly believe you need to know why you want to do it. Because it can't just be to make more cash or to make it rain in a strip club, right? Or to develop a really fancy and expensive cocaine habit, right? It's got to be why. So if I wanted to earn an extra $500,000, I'd sit down and say, why? Well, why would I want to do that? Well, I could pay off my house and my car. Okay, that's a why. I could pay off my parents. That's a big why. I could start building for the future. Why? Right? Like I was just talking with a consulting client before I, I jumped on to do this podcast, and I told her, like, I'm not in business for myself. Okay? At the surface level, yes, I am in business for myself. The secondary level, I'm in business for my wife and my friends and my family, okay? And on the third level, I'm on in business for my yet-to-be-born children if we ever decide to go real and not just keep having dogs, right? Because that's really what I'm in business for. Like, I want to better my life, but the chance that I could better my children's lives is fucking huge, Right? My parents couldn't afford to pay for me to go to college. I don't begrudge them. It took me on a different path. I, I, I turned out okay. But what if I could do that for my kids? You know, what if I could buy my kids a new car instead of a used car? Now, I know these are superficial things, but maybe they're not superficial to you. Maybe you're like, hey, anytime a new technology gadget comes out, daddy's got to get it. That's my why. If you figure out your why... It'll give you that motivation to kind of kick ass and stay on a path. And it's okay to try other people's business models. I don't want you to understand. I'm not sitting down here saying, listen, don't try it. It's like, okay, I'm going to try this. If it works, that's great. If it doesn't work, right? If it doesn't work, then I'm just going to keep on going. And I'm going to try something else and try something else. That's what frustrates me the most with people I talk into business, okay? And I know a lot of this is going to fall on deaf ears and you're going to nod your head and then go back to doing whatever you're doing. That's fine. It still doesn't frustrate me any less. The amount of people that give up after one hurdle or obstacle is amazing to me. People are like, look, Tim, here's the deal, man. I want to get out this corporate job, man. I want to better my life, better my family life, you know, YOLO and all that good stuff. And I want to do it, man. I want to do it. I want to do it. I want to make money. I want to live big. I want to ball. I want to be in a Jay-Z video. And I'm like, great. Here's what you got to do. Sit down. Write some shit down on paper, right? And learn something. Go get some results with something. Put it out there. People are just like, what? Like, no. 
no, I don't want to do that. Like, no, I, I mean, I wanted to push this button and have money spit at me. People give up so fucking quickly on their dreams. And that's because they really don't want what we have. Like, everyone thinks, like, oh, Tim, it must be great to be you. First of all, it's fucking amazing. I mean, I'm Tim Castleman every day. All right, wake up. I'm like, hey, I still have a penis. Woohoo! But here's the truth, right? Like, do you really want to be... Like, like those, you know, like, oh, I want to be a rock star. It's like, really? You want to be in a shitty, uh, you know, Econoline van for 10 fucking years, playing at every honky-tonk for 500 bucks, getting like four to six hours of sleep a night, sleeping in your van, right? Having a per diem of $25 for the entire weekend, right? Struggle, put fucking albums out that nobody buys because we all listen to everything on Spotify, right? Perform to shows to have two or three people, and people are like, well, no, 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 Tim. I, I want, I want the, you know, sold out Madison Square Garden ten nights in a row, six million dollars, you know, revenue gate. Everybody wants the event. Nobody wants to go through the process. Everybody wants the event, which is the big payoff. Nobody wants to go through the process. This week, I'm flying up to Colorado for two reasons. One of those, okay is to see a band called Honey Honey. They are by far one of my favorite bands that I enjoy, even though the fact that I don't think they're big Tim Castleman fans. They certainly don't have a Tim Castleman tattoo, tattoo, uh, you know, tattooed on their chest like I have Honey Honey. I really don't. But I'm a big fan of theirs. I think they tolerate me. That's fine. Right? I had an ex-wife that had the same policy. Just tolerate him and he'll go away. Um, Here's the deal. These guys have been into L.A. They've been to Nashville, right? They've moved all over. They travel. They start their tour in Denver. Then they got to go all through the freaking Midwest and all that to try and make some freaking money. Now, these guys, gals, ladies, the lady and the dude band, one male, one female, I don't know, early 30s, maybe late 20s. Who knows if they're going to hit it big? Right now, they're probably making, I don't know, they're the headliner, so I'm going to say 750 to 1000 maybe, a night, which may sound great, but guess what? They've got to pay for their own gas, their own equipment, their own hotel. They've got to do all that stuff. They've got to pay a manager and a booker, and, and you know, the 1000 bucks gets cut down to about 400 probably by the time that they see it. You can't make a living off $400 a night when you're only playing three, four nights a week sometimes. And that may even be high. But everybody thinks, oh man, I want to be the rock star, but nobody wants to put in the years and years of practice. I wanted to be a rock star, right? I thought, oh man, a musician. I didn't want to be like a fancy musician. I just want to learn how to play the guitar. So I go down, I buy the guitar, I buy all the shit, I buy the tuner, I buy the lessons, I do all that stuff. I just didn't do one critical thing, which was practice ever. And now I'm like, well, I don't understand why I'm not just Billy Badass on the uh, on the pickaxe here. You know, like I got it, it looks beautiful. Uh, the strings, I think, are okay because I don't even know how to tune the damn thing. Nobody wants to do the work anymore. So the great news is if you just do the fucking work, you're going to stand out from the crowd much, much more than anybody else at all. Let me tell you something that doesn't help you stand out from the crowd. When you start sharing those results, you're going to have haters. You're going to have haters. You're going to have doubters. I was watching this uh, YouTube interview. I, I forget the – obviously it made such an impact I forget the name or what this guy was talking about. But they have a popular gaming channel, right? They shoot video game reviews and stuff like that. And the guy's like, so tell, tell you about your life. He goes, you know, everybody thinks my life is amazing. He's like, it's awesome, right? Everything is just amazing and great. He goes, but here's the crazy thing, right? Every day I wake up to 10,000 people telling me how much they fucking hate me and wish I'd kill myself. Every single day. 
it got so bad they actually disabled comments on the YouTube videos because of that. Because it was just so hateful. So think about that, right? Here's someone that's trying to escape, trying to do better, trying to do different things, and look what happens. Right? People are like, oh, that guy can't do that. Why can't that guy? What do you mean that guy? That guy hasn't been ordained or, or you know, given the blessing of the, of the this or the that. How could he possibly do this? Well, fuck him. Let me tell him 120 reasons why he sucks. Why I sit here with my freaking, uh, you know, Cheeto dick and my, my gunt and I'm just like, this is so amazing. Right? Like, fuck that. Because you have people like that in your life at all times. They're going to be people in your friends. They're going to be family members. They're going to be customers. They're going to be a bunch of shit. You know what I mean? They're going to be a bunch of them out there. I'm dealing with it right now with my Kindle books, right? I start talking about my, how my, well my Kindle books are doing. Suddenly other Kindle authors are like, wait a second. No, um, it's not fair that over the last five years he's built up a list of 17,000 people that he can email and ask them to buy the book and leave a review if they like it. That's not fair. I don't have that because I didn't do the work that he did to get it. You get nut huggers like that all the time. You get people out there going, "Uh, do you think this is fair?" Let me let me just go ahead and tell you guys something that, as a five foot six fat man, I've known for much of my life, but apparently this is a surprise to you. Life is not fucking fair. Okay, you aren't guaranteed anything. You aren't promised anything, and more importantly, you are an old shit. That's right. I said I was listening to the Mark Maron podcast the other day. He had this uh, comedian which I've never heard of, but I'm going to immediately go out and buy all her shit. Named Miss Pat. Okay. And Miss Pat, she's an African-American comedian, okay? And she had been shot twice, okay? Had two kids by the time she was 16. Had a baby's daddy that was her husband that beat the shit out of her every day. And you know why he beat the shit out of her? Because Miss Pat's mom said, baby, if he ain't hitting on you, he don't love you. And she thought, wow, this guy shot me twice and beat on me. He must really love me. And then she realized, wait a second. I, I'm, you know, if this is love, I don't want to be loved anymore. Like, you know, can I get love without the two black eyes? And she changed her shit. You know what she did? She distanced herself from the family. She don't even go back there. But once a year, and when she does, she makes it quick and gets the fuck out. You know why? Toxic environment. People that don't know no better. I got a good friend that I'm trying to convince, even though it's a losing battle. Like, dude, maybe you got to start selecting your friends better. Because one of them is consistently broke and always in trouble. The other one, like, I don't think has had a good day since the second grade. Every day we talk to him, you know, it's like, uh, was the guy from, uh, I think it's Sesame Street. Like, hey, how, how's everything going? We're like, oh, you know, the sun's out, but it's probably going to rain on me some more. And he's just like Debbie the fucking downer. Like, anytime I'm around this guy, i got to make sure there's no sharp objects or guns because I have the propensity to want to just shove them in my neck. It's so like, oh, game over, check out, done. So you got to understand, right? Not everyone's going to be there going, yeah, you did it, baby. You did it. You successful. They're going to be mad because you being successful triggers thoughts in their own heads of, well, Oh, wait a second. If he's successful and doing shit with his life, but I ain't doing shit with mine, well, he can't be successful because then I would be unsuccessful. But, and I just can't have that, you know. I mean, I, sure, you know, I could totally, like, you know, do the same thing he's doing and work really hard and sacrifice. But who the fuck wants to do that? Instead, what I want to do is I want to bitch and make his life miserable so that he's miserable like me because that's what he deserves according to me who has no control over that person. 
So for those people, I pray to God you listen to this podcast. I do. I hope you know that you're sitting there with your Cheeto dick, right? And your five fucking guts, okay? And your dial-up internet and your broke dick lifestyle. I hope you're listening. I hope you're listening because here's what I want you to do just for me, okay? Just for me. I want you to do this. I want you to go right now. Listen to me as I tell you this. Go into your, go into your fucking kitchen. Okay, you probably got a lot of fucking takeout food because you're hideous to look at, you know, and, and the thought of sunlight and bathing is like, you know, scares you like it does Dracula. I want you to do this. I want you to find a, a, a spoon. Just find a spoon. Okay, that's what I want you to do. Find a spoon. If you, all you got's a spork because all you eat is takeout, you fat piece of shit, feel free to do that as well. Okay, I want you to take that spoon. It can be any spoon. It can be a wooden spoon. It can be your favorite spoon. It can be your grandmother's spoon. It could be any spoon that you just, maybe it's a spoon from your childhood. I don't care. I want you to take it over. I want you to take it over to the kitchen sink. I want you to wash it, okay? Now, for those of you that don't understand, that's going to involve sink and a thing called a washcloth. I want you to get that thing pretty. I want you to shine it up nice, nice and bright, okay? But make sure it's clean. I like pristine silverware for what I'm about to tell you to do, Okay? And then what I want you to do is very simple, okay? You pick that spoon out, you shine it up nice and tight, and then what I'd like you to do is go ahead and eat my fucking ass, you worthless pieces of shit. I hope I wasn't unclear in any bit of that instruction. Now, what can you do when you got haters? Look, ultimately you should ignore them. That's tough for me, right? Because I like to prove how valuable I am to people that go, oh, you're a piece of shit. You're like, no, I'm really nice and I'm friendly. You know what? I'm to the point where that is becoming less and less a necessity to me. Now I'm just like, you can eat a big giant bowl of dicks and fuck off and die in a fire, right? While an elephant is just raping you from behind. I mean, that's my fantasy. Maybe you have a different one, right? Big fan of elephant rape against haters. All right, support that 100%. Really, you should ignore them, right? I also try to, like, uh, I, I try to learn from them as far as, like, if they're like, well, hey, this thing sucked, and that's why I hate on you. It's like, well, can I improve that thing? Yeah, maybe I could. All right, well, next time, I'll try to improve that. So I try to learn from them, then I try to ignore, and then sometimes, uh, most of the time for me, I try to engage. But here's the thing. I was looking at other best-selling Amazon authors and their negative reviews, and they don't make any comments or anything. They just let it go. So I'm going to do the Jay-Z thing, and I'm going to start brushing them shoulders off. I'm going to remember what my boy Ryan said, which is haters don't hate from the top. They always hate from the bottom, right? Usually because they're down there tickling the balls or licking the feet. All right? I'm just going to keep doing me because here's the thing, all right? The most, I believe this, the most precious resource you have in life isn't time, isn't ego, it's energy. Okay, like right now I'm fucking fired up. I'm walking back and forth, right? I'm fired up. I'm ready to do work. My energy level's high, and as soon as I get off this podcast, okay, I'm probably going to get sit down and bang out some work and probably have some of the most productive time. But that's because my energy's high. You know what makes my energy low? When I have to deal with haters, when I got to do staff and administrative tasks, when I got to go on Facebook and see everyone's picture-perfect fucking life that they're pretending to live, right? While you're sitting here going, oh, man, you know, well, I don't have a Lexus and 16 cars, and I didn't, you know, whatever, buy a village yesterday or all that other stuff. So you got to figure out what affects your ego and really what affects your energy and block that shit out. You see, I've been dealing with these haters for the last week. You know what I haven't been doing? Creating value. I haven't been putting stuff out there to help people. 
And if you let, those haters will talk you into your shitty fucking life, right? Like, hey, man, look, I know you tried to better yourself. It's okay. Everybody fails, homie. It's all right. Fail. Failure is an option. It's always an option. It's okay for you to fail. You tried. Come on back. Be, be, be part of the mediocre majority. Go work for someone else, right? Go have a nine to five. Go suck the corporate cock. Go do all that. Everybody does it. Everybody's got to have a car payment. Every, 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 every. Fuck all that noise. Let me tell you the truth. You can do whatever you want in life within reason, okay? Obviously, I'm not going to become an NFL or NBA or hockey player because I have real-world physical limitations called the belly, age, size, strength, any type of physical ability at all. But so many people allow people that ain't ever done shit, ain't ever been shit to dictate their lives. That's terrible. That's fucking terrible, right? Absolutely terrible. So I would recommend that you tell people like that to quickly and easily get the fuck out of your life, right? You don't owe them shit. They don't owe you shit. You don't owe them shit. And let them hate on somebody else. Let them hate to the sounds of silence, right? Because it's only a fight if two people engage. And if they have to feel better about themselves by trying to tear you down, let them, right? Because ultimately you fucking win. Right? Ultimately, that's the bottom line. You win. It's like the people that hate on my books, that's fine. They're still selling. People that, you know, aren't like, you know, I can't believe you got an Amazon bestseller. It's like, yeah, they are. They continue to be. People really enjoy them. Well, blah, blah, blah. It's like, just let them go. Let them do their own thing. And just keep creating value and putting good shit out there in the world. Let me also share something else that happened this week that took about 10 years off old Timmy C's life, and that is tax time, bitches. That's right, corporate tax time, coming around the corner, coming around the corner, be coming around the mountain when she comes, right? Now, for those of you who aren't familiar with taxes, I'm not a tax attorney or an attorney. Really, I'm probably like just above fully functional uh, retard. Um, so I would highly recommend that you don't listen to me and consult your own tax people. But let me tell you what I did, okay? I have a corporation set up, right? And I have it uh, classified a certain way, and we had to do some paperwork for this thing called the IRS. So we do the paperwork, we get it all done, then I go to do my corporate taxes this year, and they're like, yeah, you know, we have you under this whole classification. I'm like, no, here's the deal, don't you remember, like, let's play word game. And it clearly became evident to them and to me that they had fucked up. Now, here's the funny thing. They knew they fucked up, the tax people, okay? Not the IRS, people that did my taxes. But they couldn't, they didn't have anything of mine. Because it had been two years since they'd seen me, so they're like, yeah, we can't find your file. Today I get a call, and they're like, hey, we got to come in. we got to get this right. we got to you know, fix this, and everything's the same figures as it was before, even though they know it's fucked up. So think about that for a second. They know it's fucked up, but as a result of that, it's going to cost me about an additional ten grand, okay, as of right now, five to ten grand. But guess what? They're not willing to make it right as far as push the issue as much as you are. So they're like, yeah, just come on in. Let's get this signed. Let's get. And I'm like, no, it's not. So I have to go do the work. I have to do the diligence and ultimately get this thing settled and figured out. And that just goes back to the whole adage of you cannot trust anybody else with your money. Like you can trust them to, to advise you and help you and stuff like that. But when it comes to giving a shit... You're the only person that's going to give a shit. My staff doesn't, my staff cares, but you know, it's not coming out of their check. My accountant, 
who did a fantastic job. By the way, shout out to Corey at Evolve Finance. He was not involved with this. This is my local uh, accountant that, that messed this all up. And Corey went above and beyond. Listen, I'm telling you right now, okay, I did not understand the importance of having somebody on your side when it comes to doing your accounting and your books and shit like that. I have quickly discovered that Corey at Evolve Finance is that guy. And more importantly, how important it is. I mean, this one thing that we're fixing will, will save me five to $10,000. Five to 10 grand, it'll save me. So while it may be expensive to have somebody like Corey on your side, it's well worth it. Now, I think there's a point in a time when you need somebody. What I would tell you is you've got to be making six figures plus before you do that because it's not cheap, but you need to have somebody there counting your deductions, making sure you're getting taken care of, and worst case, somebody will come visit you in prison. So my local CPA fucked this up. So now we're in the process of getting it all resolved. If there's not a Two Drink Tim podcast next week, you know, things went horribly. If you see me on Fox News, you know, some shit went really wrong. My point is everybody, with the exception of Corey and I, were willing to just kind of like, all right, well, let's just get it done. Let's get it done. It's like, no, no, no. Let's get it done correctly. Let's get it done correctly. And that's what you need to do. You need to be fighting those battles that you need to fight and fight for battles that matter. I mean, $10,000 is a lot of fucking money. I don't care how much money you make. If you lose 10 Gs, it can be just a tad, just a tad bit frustrating, right? So, man, whew, what a fucking week. Seriously. Um, so, yeah. So there you go. Uh, let's let's do a couple callbacks here. So I talked about being in a funk a little while back. Things are slowly improving there. Uh, he, here's the thing, right? I truly believe, and I'll have to do a whole episode on this because this is a big topic, but I think overthinking is probably the number one killer in every business. And the more successful you get, the more time you get to think about shit, right? So I'm doing really well with nonfiction books right now. And I was like, well, I'm thinking about this and how I do that. And what if I did this and that and that, you know, thumb firmly implanted right up my ass, not doing anything. And then one day I was like, you know what? You already have a system for this. You already have a funnel that's proven well in the past. You already know that it works in the past. So why don't you just do what worked well in the past? And it's like, oh, yeah, that'd be really fucking awesome. Let's do that. So as a result of doing that, then guess what, right? I immediately, the fog lifted and, and shit got done. So we're trying out some cool stuff. We're, we're pushing hard to make 2004 in with a bang. I honestly don't know uh, if we're going to hit our goal that I set for us. And that's a little frustrating. Um, and I understand this is like first world problems, but, you know, I've worked very hard this year, probably one of the harder years that I've worked in my business. Um, and to not hit the financial goal is definitely going to be a little bit of a letdown, even if I've had the best year that I've ever had. Um, what it will do is provide some opportunities to kind of learn from and grow from and, and go from there. Um, let's see, what else? So we got the funk thing taken care of, right? We got the haters. They're all addressed, the tax issues. Corey, Evolved Finance, do that. Okay, if you have an online business and you need someone that to know, like, and trust, yeah, Corey's the guy uh, for you. He does an amazing job for you. And, we, of course, we talked about the haters in depth and how they should just, yeah, just fuck them. Like, because, you know, they're, they get fueled up, just like I talked about energy. Their energy rises when you conflict with them instead of falls. And that's bullshit, right? People that will be much happier hating on you than, than cheering on for success. Fuck those people. Get them out of your life. I don't care who they are, what they are, right? Just eliminate them. 
you know, I'm dealing with on top of all this, right? Uh, I've decided that, hey, now would be a good time to get some clarity on some super important issues going on in my life as far as relationships with biological parents and stuff like that. So on top of all of this bed of shit rice, I'm also dealing with this thing where it's like, hey, hey, should we be talking to each other? Should we not? Should we X? Should we Y? So just a lot of crazy shit going on in the house of Castleman. But I wouldn't have it any other way. You know why? Because despite all the shit, despite all the drama and the trauma and all the issues, I still get to wake up every day and do what I want, when I want, how I want it. And that is the best revenge of all. So to all the haters out there, eat a big bag of dicks. To all the people out there that are dealing with that, I know the struggle that you go through. Ignore those motherfuckers. Get away from them. Eject them from your life as quickly as possible. And in the words of Cat Williams, you do you, boo-boo. All right, that's it. That's another edition of the Two Drink Ten podcast. I will be late with next week's edition because I will probably be hopefully recovering from one of the greatest hangovers ever as a result of my trip to Colorado. So I'll have full fun facts when I get back from that and update you on the latest and greatest in the Two Drink Tim world. Be well. Talk to you soon.